We're launching a brand new series today. It's called The Runner. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but a few years ago, we had a, a pretty major ice storm in St. Louis, and everything was covered in a sheet of ice. Our front porch, our sidewalk, everything was just totally covered in ice, and my wife asked me on more than one occasion if I would mind to get some salt and salt that porch because when she takes the kids out to the van, well, you know, she runs the risk of slipping and falling on the ice. And in my mind, I thought, you know, yes, I will do that. That's, a, that's an assignment that I can accept. I'll take on that task. But it's not something that was at the top sort of most pressing factor in my decision-making tree. So I avoided it for a few days. Until one day, I walked out of the house, turned around, I locked the door, I turned towards my car, started heading towards my car, and as you can imagine, I hit the sheet of ice, my feet went out from under me, and I landed flat on my back, right on the very ice that I had been assigned to salt for the last few days. As the snow is falling down in my eyes, gently around me, I thought to myself, Perhaps today would be a good day to go down to Home Depot and get some salt and salt this daggone porch. Uh, In fact, that's what I did. Got in my car, went out, got the thing, came back. What I needed in order to complete my assignment was an interruption. I needed an interruption to encourage me to complete my assignment. Sometimes God uses interruptions in our lives to encourage us to complete the assignment to which he has assigned us. If I were to make two observations about every single person in this auditorium, I think there are two observations that I can confidently make today about every single person in this auditorium. Number one is that in 2017, there were probably some things that you know you should have done that you avoided doing for whatever reason. But there were some things that you know you should have done that you did not do. And then there were some things that you should not have done in 2017 that you did do. And if that's not true, if those two things are not true about you, you're probably in the wrong place. Because that's pretty much all of us. We all know the truth, but we all sometimes struggle to do it. We have the knowledge, but we don't always have the will. Sometimes we put our preference over principle. Sometimes we put our own desires over God's direction for our lives. And that's all of us. And perhaps some of you are here today in 2018 saying, I'd like to turn that, I'd like to turn that habit around. I'd like to turn that ship around. I'd like to go ahead and pursue some things in 2018 that I avoided in 2017. Or I want to avoid some things in 2018 that I should have avoided in 2017. Maybe it's in your relationships. There are some things that need to be addressed in your friendships or in your uh, romantic relationships. Issues that need to be resolved. Conversations that need to be had. But they're uncomfortable. They don't, you don't want to have them. You don't want to get into it. And so we avoid it. Maybe it's in your financial snapshot, your financial life. There are some spending issues or debt issues or savings issues that need to be addressed but you've avoided them in 2017 and 2018. You think, okay, I, I, I need to move ahead in that area. Maybe in your spiritual life, there are some patterns or some habits that need to be halted in 2018. 
things that are not leading you down towards your destiny, things that are derailing you from the destiny that God has for you. And you say, I want to avoid those patterns in 2018, and I want to pursue what God really has for me. In other words, I want to pursue God's direction instead of my own desire. If that's you, if you have any of those desires in your heart in in 2018, you are in the right place. Because over the next few weeks, we're going to look at the life of a man who knew what he was supposed to do, unequivocally knew what God wanted him to do, and yet ran from it. We all know what it's like to run from the thing that we're supposed to do. We do it in subtle ways. We do it by justifying and rationalizing and equivocating and coming up with little, you know, it's complicated, we'll say. It's complicated, right? Or, you know, I'm just not in that space right now. But we, what that is, is we're running. We're running from the things that God would have us do. But what we learn from Jonah as we explore this book, two beautiful truths. Number one, the destiny that God has for you is so much greater than the desire you have for yourself. What he has for you far supersedes the things that you think you want for yourself. It's so much better. And the second one is this. Even if you're running, even if you're hiding, even if you're avoiding, even if you're, if you're uh, uh, omitting the things that you're supposed to be doing, God's pursuit of you is relentless. He keeps coming after you with his unrelenting love. I came across a scripture and I, I posted it on Thanksgiving. It's from Psalm 136. 26 times in that chapter it says, His love endures forever. His love endures forever. When you failed in your relationship, his love endures forever. When you've dropped the ball in your finances, his love endures forever. When you've dropped the ball in a friendship, his love endures forever. When you've fallen apart in your career, his love endures forever. When your life seems like it's not going the way you want it to go, his love endures forever. Even when you are actively running the wrong direction, his love endures forever. His pursuit of you is relentless. And that's why I love Jonah, because I relate to Jonah. I get Jonah. Jonah says, I don't want to do, God, what you want me to do, and I'm going to run. And God keeps saying, I'm coming after you. I'm going to keep coming, and I'm going to put you back on your destiny. So let's take a moment, and I'm going to start. I was going to preach like, you know, 17 verses out of the first book of Jonah, but I could only get through six in order to dismiss in time. So you're fortunate this morning. Um, Let's start with verse uh, one. It says this. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, get up, Jonah. Go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. Now, first notice this. God's call to Jonah is clear. There's no confusion about this. It's a very specific direction. Jonah, get up and go to Nineveh. I want you to preach to the Ninevites. See, Jonah's a prophet. Jonah was a man of God. Jonah was a righteous man. Jonah was chosen by God to to issue the word of God to God's people. And what Jonah didn't want to do was issue the word of God to the people that he didn't like, the Ninevites. 
He didn't want to go to Nineveh. Nineveh and the Ninevites and the Israelites were bitter enemies. There was ethnic and racial and religious tension between these people. He had seen uh, the, the Ninevites uh, fighting with Israelites. He'd probably lost friends in battle to the Ninevites. So God is saying to Jonah, I want you to go up there. I want you to preach about my justice and my mercy and my love and my grace so that they can turn their lives around and come follow me. And Jonah says, I don't want them to turn their lives around. I want them to meet with destruction. I want them to keep going down the destructive path they're on so that they can be wiped out. I have no interest in going and preaching to the Ninevites. You ever notice how hard it is to pray for somebody you don't like? It's, it's hard. Like, Lord, just please, my boss, bless him, Lord. He micromanages me and he's mean, doesn't pay me enough and surly and angry and I don't like him. Just bless him, Lord. Just help him right now. Just, it's not easy to do that, right? Somebody betrayed you. Somebody stabbed you in the back. The last thing you want to do is go, God, just, you know, help that person. Turn them around, God, and shower your blessings of joy and your, let your love endure forever. You just don't want to do it right, or friendship, or whatever it is, you don't want to pray for people that you don't like. You don't want to go bless people. You don't want God to bless people that you wouldn't bless. So Jonah says, I'm I'm not going to do it. Here's what he does. He says, Jonah ran away from the Lord. So God said, go up to Nineveh. Jonah says, no, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to head to a place called Tarshish. Now, to get a picture of what Jonah is actually doing, I thought maybe I'll just give you a picture of what Jonah is actually doing. So here's Jonah. He's starting off in Joppa. God said, go to Nineveh. Jonah says, what I'm going to do is take a Mediterranean cruise over here to the southern isles of Spain. That's more along my lines of desire. I know it's not your direction. I know you've invited me to Nineveh, but I'm inclined to go to Tarsus. Sometimes we, we have this clarity in our mind about what God wants us to do, but it doesn't align with what we want to do. And so we say, God, in our own subtle ways, I'm not going down that path. I've got a different path for myself. So it says he went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port, for the port of Tarsus. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarsus to flee from the Lord. He's on the run. He's running. Now, I don't want to give you a spoiler alert, but it's never a good idea to run from the Lord. It's never a good idea to get in a power struggle with the one who created you. It just rarely works out. It's going to cost more than you want to pay. Then the Lord sent, it says, a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Sometimes divine intervention comes as divine interruption. Sometimes divine intervention looks like divine interruption. If you go into your basement of your apartment or your house, you'll see a breaker box, a fuse box on the wall. And all of the electricity that comes into your house comes through that fuse box and then it's distributed out to your house. And everything that you have in that house that uses electricity plugs into that, that fuse box. So your washer dryer, your lamps, your television, your toaster oven, your microwave, you know, your, everything that you have that uses electricity, your curling iron, everything, plugs into that breaker box. And what happens is if you overload that breaker box, if you put too many, too many appliances on one circuit, there's a little instrument in there 
that trips. It trips the breaker and it shuts off the electricity. It interrupts the flow of electricity to the thing that you're experiencing and enjoying. So you might be sitting today, this afternoon, watching the Falcons beat up on the Rams and you're having a good time and suddenly, bang, the TV goes off, right? And you go, wait a minute, this is an interruption to what I wanted to do. But you see, that interruption is actually an intervention. The interruption is an intervention to avoid your breaker box catching on fire and burning your house down. That's why a breaker box trips the breaker because if there's too much electricity, it gets too hot and there's a threat of a fire. So what looks like an interruption sometimes in our life is actually God's intervention to keep our house from burning down. Sometimes we need to just say, Lord, I I need to understand what this storm is. Instead of saying, God, get me out of this storm, maybe we should say, God, what is this storm? Because sometimes God allows a storm to come into our life to turn us a different direction. It's not that the storm is a bad thing. It is a bad thing, but it's not, it doesn't have a bad result. God wants the, the bad thing to bring us to a good result. And so sometimes a breakup is actually a wake-up for you. Sometimes, sometimes a financial fallout is an opportunity for you to turn around and re-understand re- how God wants you to handle your finances. Sometimes a job loss is actually a blessing in disguise because it's going to put you back on a path that God wants you to be on. Sometimes an interruption is actually an intervention. So sometimes we need to pray, God, help me to understand what this interruption in my life is. And if this is supposed to point me to something greater for me. So it says this. All the sailors, after this boat starts to break up, all the sailors were afraid and cried out to his own God. Here's what happens when we, when we choose our own desire over God's destiny. It ends up having some collateral damage on the relationships that are around us. Whenever we are not following what God's path is for us, it doesn't only affect us, but it affects the other people around us. It, it affects our friends. It affects our family. It affects our parents. It affects our children. It affects our spouse. It affects our siblings. It has collateral damage on the people around us who are not even involved in our decision making. And what God is doing when he's breaking up the ship, he's saying whatever you are putting your hope and your trust in, whatever you're putting your identity in that isn't me, I'm going to have to wreck shop on that thing and bring you back to me because I need you to put your trust in me. I need your identity in me because if, if you don't put it in me, you're going to, uh, the other things that you put your identity in are not going to sustain you through the storm. They will not, if you put your identity in your, your role or your, your looks or your friendships or your money or your whatever it is, your, your status, those will not sustain you through the storm. So God said, I want to break this up to bring you back to me. And that breakup is starting to affect the people around Jonah. But uh, it says uh, they, they were afraid and cried out to their own God. And here's what they did. This was interesting. They threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. Here's what the sailors are, tr- are trying to do. They're trying to, to change the situation, but they don't understand what's causing the situation. They're trying to throw cargo. They're trying to rearrange the, the deck chairs on the Titanic of life, right? And they're not getting at the source of what's going on. So they're pitching cargo over trying to stop the ship, But here's the reality that God wants us to know. If you want to adjust your situation, you've got to acknowledge its source. If you want to change the situation in your life that you're experiencing, we've got to look not just at the symptoms, we've got to look at the source. 
we came home the other day, my wife and I, uh, we had a babysitter come over and we were on a date night and we came home and our babysitter and our children were standing in the hallway and they were all looking up at the fire alarm or smoke alarm uh, in the hallway. And the smoke alarm was intermittently chirping a very loud and obnoxious uh, noise. I don't know if you've ever heard the the noise emitted by a smoke alarm, but it's very, it definitely gets your attention. And so every few seconds, there's a loud chirp. There's a beep, and it's just super loud. And they're all looking up at it, trying to figure out what's going on. There's no smoke, so they're trying to figure out what is going on. And they discovered that you can actually push a button on the smoke alarm, and it will stop the, the sound for a few minutes. And then it will start chirping again. And then you can push the button again, and then it will start, right? Sometimes in life, that's what we, we do. We treat the symptom, we don't get to the source. The problem with the smoke alarm was it needed a new battery. You needed to take the thing out, put a new battery, and put it back in. But unless you treat the source, unless you get to the source, you're going to keep experiencing the symptom. So I call this the if-only syndrome. We say, well, if only I had a better job, or if only I was in a different relationship, or if only I had a relationship, or if only I was getting paid more, or if only I was in better shape, or if only, then my life would be better. Well, those are symptoms. You see, those are symptoms. That's not the source. Those are the fallout of of choices that we're making that are at the core of who we are. And God's saying, look, I want you to address the source. I want you to look to the source, not try to just fix the symptom. I want you to come after me and turn this whole thing around because then the symptoms are going to derive from a better source. But Jonah doesn't want to do it. Jonah's stubborn. Jonah is like us and goes, hey, listen, I've got this path chosen and I'm going to keep going down this path. And so while all these sailors are throwing cargo over the, over the ship, trying to get this whole thing situated, it says this. It says, Jonah, Jonah decided to go below deck where he lay down and he fell into a deep sleep. There's a pattern that we're going to see throughout this book and we see it right here. It says he went down to the bottom of the ship and then he lay down and then he went to a deep sleep. And I don't want to give it away, but he's getting ready to go deeper in a few, in a few, in a few weeks. He's going to go a little deeper and he's going to... Because when we keep making decisions that take us away from God, we keep going down, down, down. It's like bad decisions are like dominoes. We make one and then it it makes a bunch of other ones fall until we can stop the train. And Jonah is going down, down, down in this whole experience. But God sends somebody who's not a believer, somebody who Jonah doesn't even know, to remind Jonah of his mission. The scripture says the captain of the ship went to Jonah and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Do you remember the very first word that God said to Jonah in this book? Get up, arise, same word. He said, I want you to wake up, Jonah, because you're heading down a path that I don't want you to go. And guess what? I'm gonna keep pursuing you. I'm gonna keep coming after you. Not with vengeance and fury. I'm going to keep coming after you with love. Love sometimes may feel uncomfortable, but I'm going to keep coming after you with love because here's what he's trying to say to us. God wants to awaken us so he can empower us. He doesn't want to awaken us to harm us. 
He doesn't want to awaken us so that we can just see the, the, the depravity of our plight. He wants to awaken us so he can empower us to turn around and do the thing that God has for us to do. There's a thing that God wants Jonah to do at the very beginning of this passage. And this whole story is about him going, I'm going to keep coming after you. I'm going to keep pursuing you. I'm going to keep trying to wake you up because I want, I want you to pursue the destiny that I have for you rather than the desire that you have for yourself. Because the destiny that I have for you far exceeds the desire that you have for yourself. My purpose for your life is so much better than your preference for your life. I've got something for you, Jonah, and I'm going to keep coming after you with love until you turn around. Because that's the kind of God I am. I'm going to close with this, Tom. In June of 1989, I was in a Sunday school room in the basement of the church that my father pastored. And I was praying in this Sunday school room. My dad was a pastor. Both of my grandfathers were pastors. All my uncles pretty much were pastors. I grew up around some pastors, okay? And I was down in the basement of this room, and I was about to graduate from high school, and I was saying, God, what do you want me to do with my life? I was feeling the pressure and the burden of trying to figure out what I should do, what path I should take with my life. And so I started to pray and say, God, what do you want me to do with my life? And as I was in that basement Sunday school room in that church, I picked up a Bible. And I opened the Bible, and I began to read. And my eyes came on Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah 61, for those of you who don't know, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort those who mourn, to appoint unto them who mourn beauty for ashes, joy for mourning, praise for heaviness, Why? So that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. I'm reading this passage at 18 years old, and I'm seeing what God is saying, and it's not unclear to me. He's saying, Rome, I want you to be a pastor. I want you to preach. I want you to go into vocational ministry. That's what I want for your life. But like Jonah, I did not want what God wanted for me at that time. I will never forget, to this day, I will never forget it. It's clear as a bell. I took the Bible, I closed the Bible, and I threw the Bible across the Sunday school room, and I walked out. And for 15 years of my life, I started taking my Mediterranean cruise (laughs) over to Tarsish. I said, God, I'm not doing it. I'm not going down that path. I don't want to be a part of that. I'm not interested in that. And I kept going down that path, and God kept interrupting me. God kept sending interruptions that finally in March of 2005, I said, okay, you know what? I've gone low enough. I've been in the belly of the whale long enough. And I got on my knees and I said, God, here's my heart. I want you to turn my life around. Take me where you want me to go. Let me pursue what you have for me. I will do what you've called me to do. And over the course of the next years, next few years, God brought me into the destiny that he had for me from the very beginning when I was an 18-year-old kid. And I can tell you this, on a personal level, on a personal note, the destiny that he had for me is so much better than the desire that I had for myself. But it took God interrupting my life for me to 
acknowledge that the source of the interruptions was God and that I was treating the symptoms and he's saying, I want you to turn to the source. I want you to follow your destiny, not your desires. I want you to follow my principles, not your preferences. I want you to follow my invitation, not your inclination. I want you to say, here's my heart. I want you to come after me because I got something for you that's better than what you have for yourself. So my question for you today as we launch into this new year, what is it that God wants you to run to that you're running from? What does he want to take you into in 2018? What does he want to wake up in your life in 2018 that you were avoiding in 2017? Because he probably wants to take you some places that you're not sure you can go. He probably wants to take you some places that you might be uncomfortable with right now. He probably wants to introduce you to some some things that you've been avoiding for some years in your life. And he wants to take you into the destiny that he has for you. He wants to lead you into the purpose that he has for you. But we've got to say, God, here's my heart. We've got to stop running. Now I want to say a quick note to all of you who are doing the thing that I like to do when I hear sermons. Because I know that many of you are sitting here right now and you're thinking, you know what? I sure wish my husband was here to hear this. Or I sure hope my wife is listening to this right now. Don't move, guys. She's right there. Or man, I wish my kid was here because he really needs to hear this. I wish my parents were here. I wish my sister or my brother and that might be true but God is God's brought you here he wants you to hear this because there are parts of your life parts of your heart that are running that are avoiding even if you're serving the Lord there are parts of your heart that are not pursuing him that are avoiding him that are hiding from him and he's going come on come back Turn around. Imagine what it's like if a church community, a family like this, all says, God, in 2018, we're running to you. We're not going to run from you. We're going to run to you. We're going to run to your grace and to your mercy and to your love. And we are going to reach out to those that you've called us to and, 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 and bring your gospel of mercy and peace and grace and love and justice into that world. We're going to go there. 2018, we're going to go there. We're going to love people unconditionally. We're going to love you completely. We're going to bring people and God together in love. Imagine what he could do through a community of people who are in pursuit of him. Because no matter where you're at, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, he's running after you. He's running after you. And his love is relentless. His pursuit is relentless and he will not let go until he brings you back to where he wants you to be close your eyes this morning let me pray for you as we wrap up and I just ask that you truly open your heart as we launch into this series and say God just whatever you want from me turn my life around the areas of my life that are headed in the wrong direction turn them around the areas of my life where I'm running for you turn it around Let me pursue you with everything I've got. Let me stop avoiding the things that you want me to pursue and start pursuing the things 
that you called me to pursue. Father, I pray for every person in this building, wherever they're at. Some are believers. Some are not believers. Some are not sure. I pray, God, that your word would touch every heart in here, no matter where a person's at in their life or their spiritual journey or their path. Touch their heart. Let them know that you are in loving and relentless pursuit of their life and that you want nothing more than for them to pursue the destiny that you have for them, to experience the purpose that you have for them and help them to know, God, that 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 destiny and that purpose is far greater than their desire or their preference for themselves. God, I pray that you would use your word over the next few weeks to just break open our hearts powerfully, wonderfully, and put us on the path that you have for us. Put us on the path to the vision that you have for us, to the destiny that you have for us, to the purpose that you have for us. Help us to stop running from you, start running to you. In Jesus' name we pray.